I'm a zombie! I've been bitten! You're listening to the Survival Podcast for zombie nerds everywhere. Zombies Ate My Podcast. Hello and welcome to Zombies Ate My Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me, as always, is the busy zombie lord, Lou Page. How's it going, Lou? I don't want to be infected with the virus that makes me kill people. You have to be more specific. Like, this is a zombie show. So, like, are you speaking specifically? I'm 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 speaking in specifically in in our topic for this this week's episode. Right. I do not want to be infected with that. No, yeah, we'll we'll definitely talk about uh, mayhem and the. Uh, I think they have an actual name for the virus, but I I don't remember off the top of my head. But it's uh, it's like PR seven or something like yeah, that. it's like a code name. Let's see if oh ID seven. You were close. ID seven. Yeah, I knew it was something seven. I just couldn't remember what it was. Yeah. So this is uh. So it's a film we're going to be discussing uh in our topic, our main topic, mayhem, and it's kind of well known as the first role that uh, Stephen Yoon. Uh, picked up after he exited The Walking Dead. And I, in typical Ryan fashion, have not seen it until uh, until Lou said, hey, let's watch it for the show. So I've watched it a couple times now. So, yeah, yeah, we're about six years behind, but we, we finally got to it. And I know I know Lou has really uh, talked it up and um, he was not wrong. I've suggested it a couple of times. But one of the reasons we haven't covered it is it's not full blown zombie, but it's it's in my opinion, it is it is a zombie movie. Yeah, we can get into the into the into that for sure. I think it's got enough to it that you could uh, you can slot it in. So it's uh, zombie adjacent. Yes, exactly. If if anything, zombie adjacent. But I I have some bullet points here to to kind of make my argument for it being a full blown zombie film but uh before we do that we're gonna cover some news and there's news this week there's news the virus has completely devastated over 150 of the world's major regions and then is spreading rapidly i would say our news is brought to you by uh playstation since it was the playstation showcase uh last week and they showed off uh, Resident Evil 4 Remake's PSVR 2 mode uh, with some new gameplay footage. And this is unique because um, this is going to be a free update that will be available to uh, PlayStation 5 owners of Resident Evil 4 Remake. It is uh, uh, paid and bought for by uh, uh, Sony, so it is it, it is exclusive to the PSVR 2, which means you have to own... Not only a PlayStation 5, but also the headset, which costs more than the PS5. Uh, but the footage looks awesome. Like, it, it, as someone who's played VR before and has actually played the Resident Evil 4, uh, 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 I guess, original RE4 uh, VR port, it, it works. It works really well. It, it, they've translated it very well. So this, the, the trailer's small. It's about a minute and a half. 
um, shows Leon's intro and, and takes him into the village and, and shows like a, just a small slice of combat. But uh, yeah, it the fidelity on this thing looks amazing. I wish I I wish I could do VR. Yeah, that's true. Like I know VR isn't for everyone, and I know you and I have talked about this before and how VR makes you a little queasy, right? Yeah, and sometimes my brain has a hard time processing that it's that it's ver- that it's a thing in front of me. Uh, I have a problem with frame rates, mm-hmm. so even on some of the higher quality sets, it 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 I get flickering and it 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 can make me sick. So yeah, yeah, and it, it's certainly not for everyone. I know the technology's come a long way. Oh, it has. I have a friend who is a diehard VR person, and every time I go to his house or I'm at some kind of thing. He's always trying to put one of his quest things on my head. And every time he's like, no, 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 it's going to be different this time. And every time I'm like 10 minutes in and I'm like, dude, you got to take this off me. (laughs) And he's like, he's like, and he's like, it doesn't do this to anybody. I'm like, I know, man, it's just me. It doesn't work. You know what? It's not just you. Uh, Jocelyn, my co-host on the Gamers Inn, she also cannot do VR. She can't even watch sort of the VR mirror that is on the television if you have it if you're doing like PC VR uh sometimes the 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 computer will show um sort of a a yep. flat screen version on the TV she can't even watch that yep. makes her queasy yep so yep yeah um well here's the thing this uh you know for folks saying oh I'll just wait for it to eventually be ported there is precedence here for uh this mode staying exclusive to the PlayStation VR 2 Uh, Not only has Resident Evil Village VR mode been exclusive to that, but you'll remember that uh, Resident Evil 7 uh, was also exclusive to PSVR and never came to PC. So um, if you want to try this, you're going to need to invest in some PlayStation hardware. It does look really cool. It is uh, the ability to play the whole game in VR and uh, yeah. I'll look forward to um, enjoying this through other folks who uh, are willing to to drop that kind of cash uh, on a very expensive VR headset. But, you know, VR headsets are, are they just announced, um, I guess uh, Meta just announced the Meta Quest 3 and Apple is supposed to have an event next week where they unveil uh, a headset. So VR is not going anywhere and hopefully they work to address uh, some of the concerns that that folks have in, in, in processing that gameplay, because I don't think it's ever going to replace traditional gaming. I think anyone who thinks that is probably, um, I don't know, just probably should rethink that a little bit. It's never going to replace uh, traditional gaming, but it, it will, I don't think it's going anywhere. It's, it's another no. way to enjoy. No, it's another thing. I know people who love it and I know yeah. people who don't like it. So exactly. It, it, that's fine. Yeah, I 100% agree. Um, next up, uh, speaking of Resident Evil, now this one is more of a, uh, a rumor. report. Rumor, yes. Um, Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City was the movie we watched uh, last year? I feel like it was last year, but uh, it was 2021, actually. I think we watched it, We I think it's been a couple years. Yeah. So this was the movie that kind of smashed together Resident Evil and Resident Evil 2 into one movie. And and we enjoyed it. It's not a perfect movie, but I appreciate what they did. It's fine. Yeah, I agree. I thought it was uh, I thought it was good. I mean, considering like 
it was it was what we were asking for. We were asking for a a, a true. Yeah, and I I think I think in all honesty, I've, I've always I've said this when we've talked about the movie before. I don't think it got a fair shake because I think the stills that they put out and some of the trailers that early trailers they put out really were unfinished, and I think it was it was in part hurt because of the pandemic. Yeah. So I think that have had they had some time to polish up those stills before they posted them, or um you know polished up those trailers better i think it might be might have been better received i think i think people went into it with some th- sour thoughts i also think that if people had had seen the netflix show first and then saw this they'd have been like oh this is this is so much better than <laughs> yeah i i think uh i think a sequel uh would be nice because i feel like they could learn a lot from some of the feedback we had on the first one, not necessarily our specific feedback, but there's so many things that they could do specifically. Um, they, there's so much more of the story they could tell because there's so many spe- sequels and spinoffs. So the fact that there's a rumor that we might be getting something else. Thank you, Canada, I guess is what my answer is. <laughs> well, here's the story here. Uh, so essentially a news report on Sudbury.com. Uh, it was actually the the movie was filmed in the greater Sudbury area here in lovely Ontario, Canada. And um, essentially, Sudbury is receiving an eleven million injection, eleven million dollar injection from the provincial government, as reported by uh, PC Games. And the government is funding twenty local projects through the Northern Ontario Heritage Fund Corporation. And while a sequel hasn't been officially named, one of the twenty projects. Uh, one of them is called Umbrella Chronicles, and it's receiving $2 million, which, you know, isn't a lot of money, but, like, in terms of a provincial grant, that's pretty good. Um, yeah. Now, it says, obviously, we're familiar with Umbrella Chronicles as, like, very much a Resident Evil thing. Uh, the production company that it's, uh, the film company uh, behind Umbrella Chronicles is Raccoon HG Film Productions. So, I mean, like... You could maybe wave away Umbrella Chronicles, but it's kind of hard to wave away that pairing. I think that feels yeah pretty spot on. It sounds like we're gonna get something Resident Evil. It may not be it may not be a sequel to the movie, but maybe we're gonna get another attempt at making the first Resident Evil game and movie into movie form again. Yeah, I mean, how many times can they do this now? I mean, what would they? So I know Umbrella Chronicles was kind of like a. It was a Wii. It was a shooter. It was a Wii. It was a Wii on rails shooter. They yeah. made two of them: Umbrella Chronicles One and Umbrella Chronicles Two. I have played both, and I believe I have copies of both. I, I remember playing one and not liking. <laughs> it was. It was. It, it was what it was. You're not a light gun guy, are you? No, I get. No, I'm not really. Light gun games. Uh, I think I. I kind of came. Uh, like I was sort of. I came into video games like after like on games kind of went away i um i remember very specifically and this might have like turned me away from like on games for uh, forever i remember being in a zellers i think it was a zellers and like there was a which is a canadian store that went away yep. and came back recently but um there was this bargain bin of snes games and we were allowed to pick one and i remember picking one and it was like a yoshi game we thought oh man i can't wait to play this Get it home, pop it in the Super NES. It's the Super Scope Yoshi game, whatever it was, and we were just devastated. 
And let me guess, you didn't have a su- you didn't have a super scope, did you? No, of course not. We did not have a super scope. I remember talking to my parents, and they're like, "Well, if you can't work, if you can't work, we got to return it." I'm like, "Well, could we get the super scope?" And I think I don't even know how much it was, but it was probably it was like a hundred. It was like a hundred bucks. Yeah, a hundred bucks sounds about right. And I think my parents were like, "Yeah, we're not buying a super scope." I-, I can't remember. Maybe we we just went back and got a different game or something. But uh, I I remember that that memory pretty pre- pretty vivid. I've, so, I've never been a I've never been a huge fan of the at home uh, light gun games, but I can tell you this: I used to be able to beat Time Crisis on fifty cents. <laughs> right, and you know what? The arcade stuff. Like I remember playing House of the Dead at uh, a couple arcades um, uh, when I was a kid, and those light gun games were always a lot of fun. You know, you had to like shoot away from the screen to reload. And uh, I was never very good at it, uh, but it was always a lot of fun to do those. We never really got a lot of money for the arcade. So when we did have it wasn't even an arcade. I think it was just like they had, you know, how cinemas sometimes have like a little side area with a couple of arcade machines. That's sort of been my uh, my experience with with that stuff. Uh, Obviously, I'm 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 not old enough to to have uh, been in a a real arcade. be, also, I guess not also age, but also like I'm, I'm not really living in big cities. Right. So I, I know arcades probably here in Canada were probably uh, probably left to the larger cities as opposed to the smaller ones. But uh, yeah, um, well, here here's the thing. Maybe, uh, you know, Comic-Con's around the corner. That's what I was saying earlier. Like, I feel like a lot of news is waiting for that Comic-Con announcement uh i would imagine uh, a movie announcement for resident evil would be that'd be a good spot for it is to announce it yep. at comic-con so we will await july let's enjoy june while we have it let's not rush into july so we'll wait and see um another vr title here now this one isn't locked exclusively to the psvr2 although it was announced during that playstation showcase this is uh arizona sunshine 2 um you may remember Arizona Sunshine as being like one of the very early zombie VR games that was out for everything. Um, and now that I look at this website, it's actually listed for the MetaQuest as well. So that's exciting. Um, now, I don't know if that's exclusive to the MetaQuest 3, and maybe that's why it wasn't there earlier today. No, it says 2. So there you go. So that's fun. Um, yeah, so like uh, this is a... I, I, I've never played the first one, but I know like it's it's uh, highly regarded as a as a fun zombie uh, VR shooter. And there's a lot of these. I've heard nothing but good things about this. But again, it's VR only. So I've never played it. But I've always heard really good things. Yeah. Yeah. I I think I've heard really good things, too. I've not played it. I think um, for me, this one kind of came came out and, and it was a uh, it was a little VR games tend to be a little more expensive than than their regular experiences and I get why because you know you're you're selling less copies so you do need to make up some money somehow but uh it looks really cool I'm I I know the the trailer we got was it looked to be CG I don't think it was in engine but uh I like the idea that they sold enough that they're able to um not only announce a sequel, but commit it to all three major uh, VR platforms. Um, so I thought I was going to have to play this tethered to my computer, but uh, I can actually get it on the Quest. So that is a lot of fun. Um, now, 
This is not video game related, Lou, but uh, is zombie related. We are a zombie podcast. That shouldn't surprise you. Um, this one kind of came out. Uh, you know, I always joke when I when I Google uh, zombies and then click on the news tab, it's usually like something related to like a local news story uh, with zombies. Not really something we would cover on the show, but then also like a lot of Call of Duty uh, zombies, which is still, I guess, a thing that gets a lot of clicks it won't die it will it will not it just keeps coming back um but this actually popped up and i was like no way this has got to be an april fools but the headline is chevy chase and dan Aykroyd reunite for new movie zombie town and this is a first look featurette um it's a canadian film uh based on a rl stein book uh and I, I don't know if it's the same name, Zombie Town, but like y- y- there's a feature at here. It's about four minutes long and it's got Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase sort of talking about this movie. But man, like it's um, it's a zombie flick, but it doesn't look to be uh, it's like kid friendly, right? Yes, uh, it's kid friendly. I had heard something about an R.L. Stein zombie thing. But it had just been in passing and the article was like one paragraph and it didn't mention Chevy Chase or or Dan Aykroyd at all. And then you sent me the link to this and I was like, oh, this is the thing. Why is why did the article I saw here in America basically just throw this thing out there and be like, yeah, this is our Stein zombie thing. And I was like. Like, I wasn't even going to add it to our news because I didn't know anything about it. It was just Arl Stein's zombie thing. And sometimes Arl Stein stuff just kind of goes to the wayside. I didn't know how far along this is, but they're talking that this is coming out this summer. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah, it's a Canadian production. It's going to be launching uh, mid-August, August 18th, across 250 different screens via Cineplex. Uh, only I don't know if this is only in Canada, but it sounds like this is a very limited release. And um, my guess yeah. is that this is going to be on Netflix. Uh, I think I believe R.L. Stein has a deal with Netflix. Uh, all of the R.L. Stein movies and TV shows have kind of showed up on Netflix at some point. True. So my guess is that this will be on Netflix before the summer is over. Yeah. Or at least by Christmas. And when it does, we will be watching this. Oh, no matter yeah. how bad it is. I, I mean, like I get so, so watching the featurette. I don't think Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase are going to be the reasons to watch it. I, I think no. in terms of acting, like it seems like they've, um, they're in there too. I mean, Dan Aykroyd seems to be playing a, a larger part than Chevy Chase. I, I, I don't know. It's hard to tell from, from this trailer. But essentially, it's about this filmmaker who when when he when he shoots a movie it like you know traps the actors in the film um and then when people watch the film it can turn them into zombies and then the zombies don't bite people to turn them they like they like open their mouths and like a light comes out and and then turns someone so it's it's very kid friendly it totally sounds rl stein i remember reading those books as a kid i don't remember this specific one but like this is a this is a zombie movie you could actually show your kids, Lou. <laughs> yep. No, and I and I was actually excited because when we were discussing we were gonna talk about this, I looked to see who else is in it, and I recognized some names, and it looks like we got some kids in the hall alumni in this. So I was like, oh boy, I'm excited. Yep. 
it's very Canadian. Uh, it was shot yes. uh, in Canada. So um, you might, uh, yeah, we'll have to talk about it. I mean, half this show is Canadian. So yes, we will. Good stuff. Well, I'm glad we found that one because honestly, I feel like if I, if it just so happened that I was, I was Googling today for stories and I feel like it would have been buried by Call of Duty zombies and, you know, local reporting <laughs> the next time I went to mm-hmm. search. So I'm glad we caught it. Uh, look Me forward too. to that film uh, coming uh, later this year, I assume. So there you go. Now, Lou, let's get into our main topic here, which, of course, is the film Mayhem. And uh, yeah, as always, we started with a little bit of this. feel great, Mark. That's the virus talking. I agree, Mark. Derek isn't thinking clearly right now. He's so consumed by his id that he hasn't noticed that we're just here to help him. You should listen to her, Derek. Why don't you sit down, take a breath, and talk it out? Talk it out? Sure. Talking out. Yeah, let's just have a conversation. Lou, let's have a conversation about Mayhem, a 2017 film where a virus spreads through an office complex, causing workers to act out their worst impulses. So, this is a film uh, starring Stephen Ewan and uh, you said Samara Weaving, right? Who uh, I didn't expect you to know. Well, I mean, I just remember from uh, from you telling me last week. <laughs> it's not like I memorized yeah. it or wrote it down. I just just happened to remember. Um, but yeah, it, it like so. It's a movie. So here's the thing: is it a zombie film? Let's get that out of the way. My thoughts are: you've got the virus aspect. That's an easy, you know, win in the zombie column. But there's some very specific moments in the film uh, that really. Uh, nail it for me and it's it's the specific shots of when they quarantine the building you've got a bunch of people sort of like banging on the doors to get out and that that sort of idea is present throughout the film every time they show those front doors there's there's folks that are just trying to get out because like the virus not only does it you know as we said it like it it acts out their worst impulses but it also it it heightens uh, a lot of uh, impulses. It, it heightens anxiety, depression. Like, and it, and it seems like it affects everybody a little differently. Yeah. Like, if you watch in the background, there's sometimes there's just people sitting in their chairs spinning, or there is another lady who's literally just like slamming on her stapler, and yeah. like, so it's not like it's it's it. It, it some people seem to have cognitive effects and some and some people seem to just become wild animals. Yeah, like there obviously is like a lot of uh, symptoms of what we would probably call like the rage virus from 24 yep. or 28 days later. Days later. Yeah, there's a lot of that in here. Uh, and you know, obviously our two main uh, protagonists um, 
have that. I'd say a majority of the folks, that's how they're, they're affected. But like, you know, you do see like everyone is infected in the film that is in that office building because it spreads, um, so quickly. And I think they illustrated that really well too, you know? Yeah. And I mean, and this was a very low budget film, which is impressive because they do a lot of stuff with very little money. Um, this movie apparently only had a budget of about two and a half million dollars. So honestly, it doesn't look like it had that low of a budget. Yeah. No, I mean, they did a really good job. I mean, honestly, what they probably like the biggest thing would have been location and, and, you know, actors and the location was just one office complex, you know? Yeah. And, and, and in all honesty, a lot of the, the, the gore is pulled back and a lot of it is to your imagination. You often see Steven Yoon or one of the other characters wailing on somebody, and you don't see the person he's hitting. You just see him on top of somebody and his fist flying, and then you see blood squirt from wherever it is he punches. It could, there might not even be somebody there, or a re- he might not even be on top of a real person, but they pull it back enough that they can get away with stuff where y- y- your imagination kind of fills in the gaps. I mean, mm-hmm. and sure, there are some. Uh, there are a few gory scenes. Like, there's a scene where um, he gets a. I think it's a um, a pair of scissors through his hand. Yeah. At one point, and I mean, there is some gore there, but that can be done easily enough, and that's a pretty cheap effect to do. But they do it in such a way that it's it's really impressive. Um, yeah. 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 There's a there's a couple of uh, a couple of scenes where they don't they don't pull away, and I think it's. Um, like that scissor scene was was <laughs> like also used for comedic effect because he's kind of like he ends up being stuck to the table and there's obviously yeah. stuff going on around. But um, I just the, the the surprising thing to me and I know I know you mentioned this ahead of time, so I shouldn't have been surprised. But like the the office workers, not our protagonists, but like the bosses and the management and, and even it to a certain degree. And and I do have, I do have some, a couple other clips, but like they all sort of become caricatures, you know, they're, you've got like the coked out big boss guy who runs the place. Um, You've got like the board of directors (laughs) folks who are like, who, who, it's funny because they're all infected too, but none of them are violent. No. Yeah. So it's almost like they're more afraid than anything else. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, they, yeah, like most people seem to get angry. The board of directors seem to cower in fear when they're infected. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's interesting to see those sort of things. Um, there's lots of character actors in this. You'll you'll recognize just about I think almost all of the main like six or seven characters. You'll have seen them in stuff uh, besides Stephen Hune and Samara Weaving. And Samara Weaving's done a ton of horror stuff. So if you've watched horror stuff, she's actually in the new Scream movie, or at least she's in. Yeah, I'll leave it at that. She's in the new Scream movie. Yeah, I was looking at her IMDb to see if I'd seen her in anything else, and I did. Have you seen the Babysitter movies on Netflix? No, I haven't. Are they any good? Or they are very good. Um, I think you would enjoy it. Um, I know that you like um, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, he was he was in uh, Legends of he, he's in that Upload show. 
Oh, uh, Armel. Yeah, uh, the, not Stephen. His 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 cousin. The guy, he was also in um, Resident Evil, wasn't he? What's his name? Yes, yes, he was. Uh, he was Chris Redfield. Oh, Robbie, Robbie Amell. Robbie, Robbie Amell. Yeah, he's uh, he's in the first Babysitter. Actually, he's in both Babysitter movies, and he's one of the better parts of those movies. Like they're good on themselves, but the scenes with him, he literally like steals the scenes. It's really funny. Okay, I'll have to check those out. Oh, they're uh, yeah, interesting. Okay, yeah, they're they're McG films. Yes, if you like, he was still making movies. (laughs) Okay. Oh yeah, he's he's making a bunch of stuff for Netflix. Oh, that's cool. All right, I'll have to check that out. Um, Yeah, definitely not for the kids though. No, of course not. It's (laughs) I assumed it wasn't when uh, the one is called the Babysitter Killer Queen. I guess that must be the sequel. Yes, that's the sequel. Yeah. Watch them in order. Okay. Is there more than is there more than two? There's, there's there's two and there's talk that there's a third one coming. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. A little bit of recommendations. And it and I'm looking at Samara Weaving's uh, trivia here. I guess Hugo Weaving is her uh, is her uncle. He's her uncle, and she was also in um, Ash versus Evil Dead in the that third season. Oh. I believe she plays Ash's daughter. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I didn't watch the third season. Uh, once I found out it was canceled, I kind of checked out, <laughs> which is unfortunate. Cause, I, but the, yeah. Most people did. But yeah. um, but no. Um, so, again, I, I, I love the idea behind this movie in general, because it's literally like, you know, we all go to work and, you know, everybody's a character of themselves. And then when our hero is fired, he finds out that the building is infected and he can pretty much kill anybody in the building he wants and get away with it. Yeah, that so that was the thing. So the idea is basically there was um, at the beginning of the film, they established that there was a court case. Someone had killed someone while infected by the virus and they they tossed it. They tossed it. You cannot be held. Uh, you cannot be held uh, responsible for anything you do while infected while it, with the virus because you cannot contain your feelings, emotions or control of what you would your actions. Yeah. Yeah. They. And like a lot of the characters, well, not a lot of them, like essentially like the big, the big bad boss guy and then Stephen Ewan's character and I guess Samara Weaving's character as well. The three of them sort of established this idea of like, well, we can do whatever we want. And Stephen Ewan wants to get back at the board and get his job back. Samara had lost her house and was trying to get that back. And that's the idea yeah. for them. And she, to and she got lost yeah. and she lost her house. And it's like of no fault of her own. The bank basically screwed her and basically told her to go pound sand. Mm-hmm. Like they weren't going to fix it. It was like too bad. So sad. And like it was kind of like a, 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 a like a revamp of the the 08 housing crisis. So um, you, you, you feel for both their characters and he's narrating. So. You kind of get the gist. It keeps cutting away to little clips of him suppo- implying that it's post whatever this whatever happened in this building. And he looks so peaceful. So you're like, oh, boy, is he in a mental institution? Is he in jail? What is going on? And it's not until the end of the movie that you kind of see everything that's going on. Yeah. Yeah. They, they you get a sense that um, and, and very early on, they established like he he started this job. He wanted to you know work his way up, but quickly he realized that it's uh, it's, it's terrible. It, and it, it, 
it's terrible. They they're basically stealing your soul, and it it's the the like the worst job in the world. But unfortunately, they kind of have your they kind of have you once they get you. Yeah, and he kind of gets wrapped up in like the game, you know, like the pol you know office politics. Yeah, it's a lot of crappy office politics, and he thinks he's playing the game, and really, what's happening is he's being lined up to be a scapegoat for stuff that other people were doing. Yeah. A mistake that someone else, uh, someone else made. I mean, that's like, that's the establishment, like the establishing sort of idea for the film. And, and then once the virus, hit, they, they, they set up the virus at the beginning too, sort of separate from that office building. But the, the telltale signs is like the red eye stuff. Yeah. And what, well, and not only that, but you, you also feel bad, not just for him and, and her, but one of the first things they establish is he's got a friend who's like, you got to be calm. You got to be like, like, and then when his friend gets infected, his friend's like, it's all a lie. I'm not, I, I don't enjoy any of this. I hate it. And it's like his real personality that he's been trying to hide comes out. And you still like this guy because now that he's being honest, you realize that he was just trying to do the right thing. And then he's the first guy to get killed. And when he gets killed, you can see Steven Yoon basically being like, nope, this is over. I'm killing everybody. Yeah, because he's kind of killed in the heat of the moment. It was an accident. They're kind of in the basement and he gets pushed against a board. And it's it was pretty gruesome. I did. I did not like that moment. It's one of the most gruesome moments in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just it's all practical effects. Right. But they establish that he basically gets a it's a nail in the back of the head it's it, not pretty at all but uh yeah it uh, so like that i think you're right like kind of he, he everything his, his character shifts a bit because again like he's so angry that he like kind of gives in and and decides he's gonna he's gonna just kill everybody and um or kill anybody who gets in his way and that hr guy the head of hr who goes to fire him like we talk about caricatures yeah. like he is just this like soulless HR guy who just and he always that that actor you'll recognize him he's been in a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. and he's always in like one episode of something or he's in like two or three episodes and he's always the jerk or he's always the swarmy like and he's that role again in this and he nails that role at when they're coming for him you can't wait for them to kill him yeah Exactly. Uh, he's so Dallas Roberts. I'm trying to see yep. if we. Oh, he was in. Uh, he was in. He was in Glass Onion, but I don't know if I don't know. I don't recognize. Um, that. he's a bit part. He's yeah, a is bit he the part. guy who's on the island, like with like just hanging out? I can't remember. To be I honest. think he might be. He's 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 a he's just a bit part. Um, I recognize him because he's been in. Uh, he was in an episode of Elementary. Um. And he was in a couple of other TV shows where his character is very memorable because he's such a jerk. And you're like, oh, I hate this guy. (laughs) Oh, he's in Walking Dead. He was in 10 episodes of Walking Dead. Yeah, Yeah, he was um, he was he was in one of the seasons where he was one of the bad guys, I believe. Why does that sound so familiar? Milton. Uh, uh, I, I don't know why it sounds so familiar, but Milton Milton Mamet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's a resident of Woodbury, one of the governor's most trusted allies. Okay. Yep. 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 Well, that solves yep. that. Um, yeah, like, so the film 
is obviously uh, it plays up a lot of stuff as comedy. You, you heard the intro clip, which I thought was a really uh, was a really great scene. I, obviously, I didn't include the whole rant of of how Stephen Yoon feels like, he, but he does feel great uh, at the end. He establishes that, but like he, you also see a lot of like these bad guy characters that just they don't fight their own fights. They have like these um, uh, folks that surround them. You know, to and that is so typical of like the caricatures that they are sort of uh, uh, portraying in the film of like these folks. They don't fight their own fights. They play dirty and they they encourage other people to go to to do their dirty work. Right. There's a couple there's there's a couple moments throughout the film where like people think they're trying to they're they're getting a one up on our main characters. But like they just they don't think it through very much, <laughs> you know, no, and it, it backfires pretty quick uh, on them. Uh, and and in one of the moments, the first time I watched this, they kind of took me out of the film, but then it changed this with with repeat viewings because I've seen this now three or four times at this point. Um, there's a scene where he they, they he realizes that they might not get what they want. He might not be able to help her get her home back, and they might get away with having killed his friend. And he gets really upset, and he's like crying. And the first time I watched the movie, I was like, this scene doesn't make sense. And then on repeat viewings, uh, he has a line of dialogue where he's like, like, in other words, like all of his emotions are heightened. And he's like, everything has been turned to 11. And when he says it, it clicks for it, it clicks for you as the thing. It might be that he's angry and he wants to kill all these people. But now that he knows that he can't, it's. It, it, instead of being angry, it's like it turned his sadness up. And and, 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 and it, it's interesting to see that because it makes you wonder how many other people are in the office doing the same thing he's doing. And rather than getting angry, they're just sad. Or something else is, it, it, they, something out of their control is now taken over. Yeah. No, no, for sure. Like, I, there are a lot of moments... Uh, in the film where you do see the way the virus is, is affecting everybody differently. And that, I think that's yep. where to say like, Oh, it's a rage virus film is like, well, you know, like that's probably 80 to 90% of, of the film, but there is a yep. small portion that showcases others being affected differently. And, and, um, and the yeah. movie, the movie's only about 87 minutes long. And I'd say the first 20 minutes, maybe 25 is just set up getting all the pieces in play and at about the 25 minute mark it's when the building is is locked down and he's brought to the basement and they're gonna kill him or they chase him into the basement i forget how i can't remember exactly how it plays out but he ends up in the basement and from that point on the movie basically becomes a roller coaster ride i don't think it slows down for more than a couple of minutes here and there pretty much for the rest of the movie. No, I'd agree with that. Yeah. It, uh, it's a very fast paced film once they, they get rolling. So, uh, you do, you do feel like it, it's, it's, it's nicely paced. Like they set up the pace really well and they just don't stop until they're done. Cause there is like a, uh, there is a timer in the background. Basically the quarantine yeah. lasts for six hours, which is basically, the amount of time they have to quote unquote, take advantage of, of uh, the virus and being infected. Yeah. yeah, Being infected and what they're trying to do. So yeah. I mean, 
Yeah, it, I I mean, it was a really good film. I liked it. I, I really enjoyed it. It's nice to be able to step outside the traditional zombie rule set and, and experience something different. And I think that even if you didn't have the Walking Dead, Stephen Yoon connection, we would we would still watch this because I think it, it I think it totally yep. fits as a zombie film. And in all honesty, my favorite scene in the entire movie, my favorite scene in the entire movie is they send down the lady that was technically his boss to take him out. And she brings a bunch of other office people to help her. And she steps out of the way and goes to let them take care of him. And he's like reading them like, 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 like not their Miranda rights, but it's like, Terms you and understand conditions. that by attacking, <laughs> by attacking me, you are giving me authorization to murder you. And he goes on and on and on and on and on. And the whole scene, you're like, yep, this movie was created specifically for this scene so he could recite those lines and then kill those people. Probably the first scene written for the movie. They have a lot of, um, they they have fun with the the situation that they've set up for sure. Like they. Yeah. They don't pull punches uh, and there's a lot of moments like so I loved uh, so I love this moment. This is this, so here I got some clips here. So these this is a moment where our uh, two characters meet again after they have a before they're in they're fully infected. They they are basically they have the meeting to discuss this house foreclosure. But then the next time they meet is is in the basement. And uh, I think Stephen Yoon kind of gets knocked out and uh, Samara's uh is threatening him, but uh, this is the conversation they have. Can I get up now? Are you gonna stop being an asshole? <laughs> it's debatable. Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> it's just, I love that reaction of um, the, the way he reacts to her basically threatening to, to punch him in the face. Uh, and him like, oh, yeah, no, no, okay, I'll stop being an asshole. Uh, <laughs> they get along really well, and I think the chemistry between them... Uh, it, it like it, it just it works immediately like even though your first yep. interaction between the two is this very like slimy you know i'm i'm the banker you know you you've you're not the first person to trick their way into a meeting with us to beg for their house uh type thing and that quickly gets they do a great job either the writing and the acting or the combination of the two to kind of like you know brush that aside but not quite leave it out of you like it's still always there like that initial setup for the relationship it's always there um and yeah. i think it helps throughout the film but like them to the two of them working together throughout the film like it just it kind of works immediately and i think it's mostly due to the fact that that they just have really great chemistry in the film so yeah i i really enjoyed it, that it, it looks like they probably both had a lot of fun making this movie oh no doubt yeah no doubt. Um, and it was actually filmed in Serbia. So uh, they, they spent 25 days uh, in an office complex in Serbia. Uh, and yeah, they had yeah. apparently attempted to find filming in Canada and in several cities in America, but nobody would give them more than uh, 17 days or 18 days. And uh, they the director had filmed something else in Serbia and they had basically given him however many days it needed to be to be get done. So with an offer like that, I mean, why wouldn't you? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I have this other clip. And again, like I really, I really liked <laughs> they go. So they go to IT and I, I really enjoy like, here's the thing. You don't mess with IT. 
You just don't, you know? Nope. And uh, they they have this IT moment, and uh, I just loved all the conversations that they had uh, with this IT guy. But essentially, they're trying to set up um, the big boss to, or not, one of the board of directors to, like, basically install a virus on, on her own computer. And... Um, this was this was uh, them after their call because she she hung up once once she was once her computer was working again. So rude, you know. Funny enough, I think the virus actually made her nicer. <laughs> I love that whole the whole bit the the IT visit and and Stephen Yoon like Stephen Yoon's character also uh, is at the beginning of the film is kind of set up as a as the good guy in the office, you know, like he, I think he, yep. He is portrayed as the good guy uh, in the office, or at least trying to hold on to his humanity and not turn into one of these like office jerks that seems to be around every corner at this place. I don't know how this place gets any work done. Yeah. It doesn't seem to be easy. Exactly. So, uh, I, I love the it bit. I, I love that whole section where they're talking to it and, and, um, it was really good but yeah like the whole the whole movie is really is really interesting because again like you have all these characters of like you know you have your your office big boss asshole you got the it guy you got a bunch the board of directors you you got uh um you know middle managers <laughs> who are doing anything they can to 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 get a leg up like obviously it's very much like a, a, a satire of like an office yeah, yes. building type setup. Like, I, and, and they, yeah. and you always hear about how ruthless, ruthless lawyers are, and how they'd kill each other just to move up the ladder, and they want to be partner. And this whole movie is basically, if this movie feels kind of like a parody of American Psycho. Yeah. So this, so this is the, so that's the idea. Is they're all lawyers in this building, right? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So, um, yeah. So in terms of, uh, in terms of this director, like. I guess he he did. Uh, He's done several horror movies. Yeah, so he did Mayhem, and I guess his he did Creep Show. He's done four episodes of Creep Show. Um, he also did. Um, I'm trying to think of the movie. Give me a second. Um, he did one of the. Uh, uh, he did one of the Wrong Turn movies. Wrong Turn Two. Yeah, Wrong uh, Turn, which is one of my favorites because it has. Um, uh, 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 one of my, uh, one of my favorite actors, uh, slash, uh, has Henry Rollins in it, um, as a survivalist. And it's really fun. Like Henry Rollins makes that movie movie is not very good, but it's worth watching just to watch Henry Rollins, like run around the woods, pretending to be a survivalist. It's that's pretty funny. Huh? Yeah. He's, uh, so he's, so he's obviously still working. He's, he's very busy, but I, I mean, I really liked the movie. Uh, I ended up watching it on uh, Tubi. There was one ad for Tide. It lasted five seconds. So I cannot complain about that. Uh, Tubi remains very good. Nope. I, I watched it on um, Shutter, So it was free. Very good. Yeah, no, I and I even watched it. Um, I thought like and I wasn't even watching it with, you know, any ad blockers. Or anything. I was just watching it on the Apple TV and. I was pretty impressed. Now I find sometimes like my geolocation for like ad targeting isn't, isn't uh, I don't think there's a lot of like big ads being sold uh, to, to the area, but uh, yep. I, I mean, honestly it was uh it was a good experience and 
I'm glad I'm glad we finally got a chance to watch this one. So if you're interested, uh, check out Mayhem, uh, the 2017 film. And uh, yeah, uh, but more films. Hey, let's talk about another movie we're going to watch coming up on Zamp. We have one more zombie movie discussion before we get back to The Walking Dead. And we said we were going to watch Freaks of Nature, which is a 2015 film. Uh, It was on Netflix last time we recorded. It is no longer on Netflix, at least here in Canada and the United States. It's not in America either. Yeah. So that's fine. We said we were going to watch it. We'll rent it. I think the premise alone uh, makes it worth checking out. And I think also like there was a bunch of actors in it that we were like, holy crap, how did we not hear about this? Yeah. How did we never hear this? So we're we're curious enough. We're going to find a way to get it, get our hands on it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's available to rent on all the major platforms. So like there's no excuse. We'll, we'll check it out. We'll watch it for the, for our next episode. So you'll have that in your uh, podcast feed in just a couple weeks. And then after that, in mid-June, we will close out the mid-season finale for Fear the Walking Dead, as well as the premiere of Dead City. So we'll be doing a double feature, because uh, Dead City's only six episodes, uh, and Fear the Walking Dead will be ending um, the first half of its season in just about a month's time. So a good opportunity to check out some more zombie content. Now, Lou, uh, if folks want to join in on the conversation, go to bit.ly slash Zamp Discord. Join our Discord server, and you can chat with fans of the show as well as Lou and I. Also, I want to thank our patrons at patreon.com slash Podcast. You can go there and support the show directly and uh, help us rent films, um, you know, play video games, keep the website up, all that fun stuff. It goes right back into the show, so we really appreciate everyone's support. Speaking of the website, visit us zombiesatemypodcast.com. Uh, you'll find show notes uh, and all of our previous episodes. You can send us an email and we may read it on the show, info at zombiesatemypodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter. You can find me at R. Murphy, Lou at Busy Zombie Lord, and don't forget to follow the show at Zombies Podcast. Finally, a quick shout out to Joel Duggan for the artwork. You can find more of his great work at joelduggan.com. This has been Zombies Ate My Podcast, and as always, we close the show with some fine Busy Zombie Lord knowledge from the Busy Zombie Lord himself. Lou, take it away. If you get infected with a virus that makes you go crazy, remember that you're not responsible for anybody you kill. Yeah.